It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Second biggest argument that Ryan Tutel and I had on this show <clears throat> during our uh, several years of doing it together, other than Macklemore, was all about Jack White and the White Stripes. <laughs> we'll see how this being a contrarian. I'm fully aware that Jack White is a prodigy on the guitar and is so sweet and. Uh, you know, if you got 15 million subscribers on Spotify, you're you're probably relatively famous. <laughs> Just love trolling my guy. Spons now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, it's on the Nuanas Now podcast. We uh, rambled all the way around the world of uh, what's going on at Montana State with all the bad stuff. Well, not bad, but disappointing results, and, and I mean, I guess season-ending injuries for somebody like Lexi Deaton, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. We also had our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from the week that was, and we also had our Pepsi Youth Sports segment talk, talking all things Lady Grizz School Day with Brian Holsinger, the head coach of the Lady Grizz, as they prepare to welcome almost 6,000 screaming children to Dahlberg Arena uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. All of it on the podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Blackfoot Communications is introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses with out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover. You'll stay seamlessly connected. It's just 20 bucks a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com backslash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. The Nuanas Now podcast is also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. All right, let's go through what's been going down in the coaching world of college football across the West. As we continue to remind you, right now out West, and I, I know there's still some some schools slash member institutions in the Southland Conference and the SWAC that tr- trickles into Texas. Texas, I consider like its own region. Like some people would argue, oh, Texas is out west. I would say Texas is neither out west or in the southeast. Texas is its own south central entity. So when I'm talking about schools out west, there's only the Pac-12, now Pac-2, but whatever those 12 schools are, the Mountain West and their, how many members of Mountain West have? I think like 11. And then the Big Sky and their 12 football playing members. So you're talking, maybe there's 12 in the Mountain West. So three dozen football-playing institutions out West. And then you have a smattering of the schools 
that are out west that are in the whack, but that includes some Texas schools as well. We got like the Southern Utahs of the world. Let's say roughly there's 40 schools out west. I think those 40 schools have the most mystery slash option slash unknown of what they are going to do moving forward as we continue to see realignment and NIL stuff and all these various different factors in the world of college football that's going to dictate the world of college sports in general. It's my belief that collaboration is the key to the future, not only in sports, but in sports media and just in in general. I think that collaborative action is going to be what leads us into the future in a very many elements of business and industry. I think that's true when it comes to football as well. Oregon State and Washington State is going to have to make a bunch of new friends or they're going to get left out in the cold or they're going to have to sacrifice themselves and and just go play in a conference with Florida State. And I think that's just stupid and I don't think they want to do it. I don't think they, they would make nearly as much money off of it as most of the other schools would because of their location, their community sizes, and their athletic department prestige. So what do they do? I'm not sure. But that's all to say that as the fracturing continues and the realignment continues, there's also this fraternal branding that's beginning to happen that's already been coming. It's been going on for a while. But it seems like the coaching pools out west are so small because there's so few football programs out west comparatively. I mean, to put that in perspective, if we're saying there's 40 D1 football schools out west, well, there's 245 schools playing Division I football. So that means 200-plus of them are either in the Midwest, the East, the Southeast, the Northeast, not out West. So the vast majority, I mean, what, what's that? That's probably, that's about 80% of the football schools are uh, not out West. So it's supply and demand. It, it's also just like the vast nature of, of the West, the rural nature of the West, the unpopulated nature of the West comparatively. So all those factors make it so that the Pac-12 a little bit, but particularly the Mountain West and the Big Sky have been very fraternal. They've had very many connections. There's there's sort of like this brotherhood in the coaching ranks, and there's these coaching trees that sort of spread their web all over the place. And now we've seen that influence who's the head coach where and then whose names pop up when there's head coaching openings. So let's just go down the line. One of the first dominoes to fall out West was when Jonathan Smith, who's actually a former offensive coordinator at Montana, he was the head coach at Oregon State. He's done a great job with a rebuild and, and helping Oregon State ascend in, into a top 20 program. He left for Michigan State. Well, I don't know if it's an enviable or inenviable task to take over for Mel Tucker, given the way that that all went down. At first, it seemed like a completely gross situation. Now it seems like such a modern-day controversy that's just rot with uh, multiple sides of multiple elements of what makes it so hard to parse through the weeds in, in this day and age. But either way, Michigan State's got mad cash. Michigan State's in a strange position in the Big Ten because they got more money than pretty much everybody, but they don't have nearly as much money as the teams they want to beat, a.k.a. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So they're just sitting there sort of fighting off the the other challengers 
while also trying to be one of the true contenders and actually being neither one. So they've gone through it with a variety of different uh, options. I mean, ever since Mike D'Antonio retired, then Mel Tucker comes in. That went well for a little while. Then all of a sudden he's fired. But now Jonathan Smith, he's got the tall task of doing it. But he's getting paid mad bucks. So don't feel bad for Jonathan Smith. He took a variety of his coaching staff from Oregon State with him. There's a bunch of guys there at Oregon State, though, that didn't get the invite to go with Jonathan Smith. And most of those guys are the ones that are familiar names in the Big Sky Conference. Kapetsi Heinsohn, who also used to be an offensive coordinator at Montana, he's the interim, interim coach there at Oregon State, and they have several other guys on their staff that have Montana ties. So there was some thought, okay, well, Kapetsi Heinsohn keeps the interim tag, then will he maybe reach out and, and get someone else uh, you know, with Montana or Big Sky Conference ties? Will that be an open door for maybe... You know, some some staff movement from some of the, the big Sky or Mountain West schools. Well, instead, they went with Trent Bray. And this is the wild web that we weave, right? Trent Bray, for a moment in time, was a finalist at Montana State when that job was open before they hired Brent Vig. I shouldn't say finalists. They don't really do finalists this day and age. But Trent Bray's name was certainly on the short list. He certainly was floated and, and interviewed for that Montana State opening before they hired Brent Vegan. But he gets promoted to be the, uh, the, the head coach there. At Oregon State. His opening press conference was strange. It kind of went viral because he said, hey, I got a lot of stuff to do when it comes to hiring my staff and getting recruiting rolling, so I'm not going to really be coaching uh, these next couple weeks leading up to our bowl game. That rubbed some people the wrong way. I'm not sure if he's doubled down or come back uh, and walked that back or not. I don't really know what the situation is there. But either way, Trent Bray at Oregon State, and he there hasn't been any movement in the Mountain West or Big Sky so far at least in terms of coaches going that way. So there's there's one domino that fell. Andy Avalos was let go at Boise State, and that opened up a whole uh, box of worms when it came to the names that were in the mix for that job. We heard all sorts of names that have Montana ties, whether it's Kate Ione, who's the co-defensive coordinator there, who's a Montana State alum. Matt Miller, who's a Helena Capital great, who then went and played at Boise State, coached at Montana State, has been back at his alma mater for the last uh, handful of years. We also heard the name Jeff Choate because, of course, we did. Jeff Choate's been in the mix at Boise State the last three times it's been open. Yet, somehow, someway, they didn't hire Choate for the third time. They should have hired him last time when Andy Avalos was hired instead. But they didn't. And so the former Montana State coach, we'll get to him in just a minute. But instead, Boise State decides to recruit, or excuse me, promote internally. So Spencer Danielson, who was the interim head coach there at Boise, he gets the Bronx job. Sounds like for this moment in time, at least, he will maintain his staff. So that's a couple more of those familiar names, at least for now, staying put in Boise. So that's anticlimactic if you were expecting movement or guys to be available. Then we go down to San Diego State. When Rocky Long retired, Bobby Houck was in the mix for that job. They offered Bobby Houck the job, in fact. That was after Coach Houck's first year at Montana. Coach Houck said, no, I'm, I, I got a contract here at Montana. I got a job to do. So he declined. And uh, so there was rumors that then when Brady Hoke resigned at, I guess, retired at San Diego State, that maybe Bobby Howe could be in that mix as well. Well, not so fast. San Diego State decides to hire Sean Lewis instead. Sean Lewis is the offensive coordinator at Colorado uh, under Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. So that one shuts the door. Uh, and and that, that deal uh, doesn't have any familiar names rise to the surface, at least when it comes to Big Sky and Montana circles. 
Now we go down to New Mexico. Bronco Mendenhall's been living in Big Fork, Montana. He's an Oregon State alum. He was in the mix at Oregon State. He did not take it. He was in the mix at Boise State. He did not take it. He was in the mix at San Diego State. He did not take it. In the meantime, New Mexico opened up. <laughs> this is so funny to actually verbalize all this because you realize just how small the circles are and, and how one thing leads to the next. So New Mexico opens up. Rocky Long, who I just mentioned from San Diego State, he's in the mix over there at New Mexico. Brett Vegan at Montana State's in the mix at New Mexico. Nope. None of that happens. Instead, Bronco Mendenhall, who says, basically is out at Boise State, out of Oregon State, he slides in there at New Mexico. So Bronco Mendenhall, of course, was at BYU after a long time. That was when he had his, his most success. Uh, so, again, no impact on the big sky, even though Brett Vegan certainly was in the mix there at New Mexico. Then we get to the job opening in Reno. I think everybody around Montana thought Jeff Choate was for sure going to Boise. That didn't happen. So instead, Choate slides in back door. He's the co-defensive coordinator at Texas. They're going to the college football playoffs. But boom, as of yesterday, he is now the main man for the Nevada-Reno Wolfpack. That was sort of covert and sneaky. And I was really thinking about it. I was thinking to myself, first of all, why would you want to leave Texas to go be a head coach at Nevada and take over a team that won two games? Why wouldn't you just, if you want to be a head coach again, why wouldn't you just wait it out until there's a different deal? But then I thought about it more. Here's the things, and, and you never can truly predict how these things are going to go. But here's the things that I think actually are good for Jeff Choate going to Nevada. First of all, Texas being in the college football playoff, and if they make a run in the college football playoff, that's an incredible high watermark. That's as good as they've been in, in close to 20 years. You got to strike while the iron's hot. I also know, because Jeff Jones has told me this straight to my face, that he wanted to be a head coach again. I think he really, really enjoys coaching the linebackers and, and uh, being a co-defensive coordinator there at Texas. I think he very much enjoys being in the Power Five and living in Austin, but I know he wants to run the show. I know he has great vision for that. I know he's always wanted to be a Mountain West head coach. And, you know, if Boise is going to snub him twice, well, <laughs> I guarantee he's going to go uh, and have something for the Brocks. When when a bunch of Boise State offers come, come up on Twitter with Nevada offers here in the next couple days, don't be surprised. When a bunch of rumors start swirling that Boise State coaches are getting recruited by Chope, don't be surprised. When even some Montana State guys start popping up on the radar uh, on their way to Reno or maybe even just getting offers from the Wolfpack. Don't be surprised. Don't, so, you know, Choate having some ammo to, A, you didn't hire me, so now I'm going to beat you. Works pretty well when you're going after one of the premier programs in the league like Boise State. And then the last thing is, Nevada's a working-class state. I mean, my family lived in Nevada for a long time. My parents lived in Nevada all throughout the 1980s and in, in through the early 1990s before we moved to Montana. Montana's really blue-collar working class for sure. Nevada's even more. Like, I think that most people only think of Nevada through the lens of Vegas, maybe a little bit Reno, Carson City, and Tahoe. Most of the places that people live in Nevada are like tiny little two to 8,000-person towns where there's a mine, <laughs> and, and people are miners, or they're, you know, working in some form of industry. 
Well, who's going to fit in with those people better than a guy from St. Mary's, Idaho, you know, who grew up working class, you know, all the different things that make up Jeff Choate's background. I think he's going to be able to sell his vision to those people so well. I also think he's going to be able to sell recruiting in Reno. I do think that's an uphill battle, no question. It's going to be tough for him to recruit to Reno. But he's a heck of a recruiter, and I think he's going to do a really good job there. And uh, I think he's going to put up some inroads and also some walls. He's not going to let Boise State come into Northern California anymore and get guys. He's not going to let Fresno State and San Jose State be up there. He's going to be able to sort of define a recruiting territory for Nevada Reno. And then the last thing is, one of the reasons that Nevada has struggled so much is it's just like the dynamic of how do you have the next quarterback when you had Dan Marino? How do you have the next quarterback when you had John Elway? It's so tough. It's just like at Nevada, how do you have the next coach when your head coach was Chris Alt? I mean, Chris Alt is one of the institutions in all of college football. He was at the same school for 38 years. He brought the Wolfpack into the Division I AA playoffs perennially. Then when they went up to the WAC first and then the Mountain West, he helped them rise to levels unseen. I mean, everybody remembers the rise of Boise State and then playing the Fiesta Bowl and, you know, the Statue of Liberty play and all that sort of stuff. That's awesome. The only other real, like, mid-majors that have broken in at all on the national level like that, well, Nevada was one of them. When Chris Hall was still the coach, Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback. So they've had high watermarks. No one's been able to replace Chris Alt. Well, Choate used to battle against Chris Alt, so he knows what it's all about. He also knows that, like, Choate's style, hard-nosed football, run the ball, all that stuff, that is Chris Alt's style. So it's going to be a flash to the past for a lot of the old-school Nevada Reno fans. So all those things, I think, makes it a good fit. So that's all to say you had openings at Oregon State, Boise State, San Diego State, New Mexico, and Nevada. Nobody from the Big Sky Conference got any of those jobs. Several of the guys in the Big Sky, namely Bobby Halk, Brent Vegan, and Jason Eck, had their names floated on lists to, for multiple of those openings, none of them going anywhere, and now all those jobs are filled. So uh, not as much unrest as maybe, maybe people predicted with all of the coaching movement that was open uh, in the Pac-12 in the Mountain West. Stuart is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Then you talk about the big sky, two openings there. Chris Ball got fired at the end of the year at Northern Arizona. Another familiar face back in the fraternity. Brian Wright takes that job. More on him in a minute. Dan Hawkins retires at UC Davis. They hire Tim Plow, another familiar face back in the big sky fraternity. Brian Wright was in the big sky 2010-2011. He's the offensive coordinator at Montana State. He helped uh, mentor Denarius McGee, who's now the quarterback's coach for the Houston Texans. Denarius McGee, of course, was the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year in 2010 and 2012. Helped lead the Bobcats to three straight Big Sky Conference titles. Brian Wright was the play caller for two of those, and then he used that success to go to Florida Atlantic. When Denarius graduated, then he actually went to FAU with Brian Wright. That's what kind of kick-started his coaching career. Wright was then at FAU for four years. Then he went to Toledo for four years, and the last four seasons, he's been the head coach at Pittsburgh State, which is a Division II power, so now he's back in the big sky uh, at NAU. For Tim Plow, he was an assistant at UC Davis under Bob Biggs after his playing days got done. He was the quarterback there at UC Davis in the mid-2000s. 
Then when Davis moved up from D2 to D1, Tim Plow was on staff for Bob Biggs for a couple years. Then he went to Northern Arizona, coached for Jerome Sowers for four years. Then with Davis back in the big sky, Plow returned to his alma mater. He was the OC there at Davis uh, for four years, and he helped coach Jake Mayer to the Offensive Player of the Year honor in 2018, and that was also the year that Davis shared the Big Sky title, their one and only Big Sky title so far since joining the league in 2012. Then Plow went to Boise State for a couple years, and then he's been the tight ends coach at Cal this last season, and now he's back in the Big Sky uh, as a head coach as well. So when you go through the whole Big Sky docket, it's crazy to think. I mean, Bruce Barnum at Portland State is an Eastern Washington alum who also coached at Idaho State. Now he's at Portland State. Cody Hawkins, coached at UC Davis. Now he's the head coach at Idaho State. Jason Eck, coached at Montana State once upon a time. Now he's at Idaho. You can go all the way on down the list. The only real outsider is Mickey Mental uh, at Weber State. Chris Ball was kind of that guy at NAU, but now they have a guy that's at least had a taste of the fraternity. Paul Wolf, of course, at Cal Poly. Eastern Washington. And now at Cal Poly, Andy Thompson, a Montana alum who also coached at NAU. Now he's at Sac State. I mean, you can just keep on rattling them off. I'm trying to think, am I missing anybody? There's no one else that's really – everybody that's a head coach in the Big Sky, right, had a previous taste of the Big Sky besides Mickey Mental at Weber State? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Well, there you go. The fraternity grows even more fraternal <laughs> in the Big Sky Conference. We'll take a break, then we'll talk some transfer portal stuff, and we'll also talk some Furman and their history. We'll also hear from Keelan White, our Grizz Star of the Week. All that next. Keep it right here at Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah. but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. 625 FPS players, 471 FCS players, already into the NCAA transfer portal. Oh, by the way, it just opened yesterday. It's Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, I will preface, preface this by saying that I'm over being that guy that just says, get off my lawn. All these kids are selfish and they're just, they don't know how to commit and, you know, get out of here. Transferring's for the birds. Nah, I'm not doing that. Because I do think there's so much more nuance to it. I also think in the long term, we're going to get some more rudders on this than we've had. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, we've seen guys that have transferred several times, and that's because they had this elongated eligibility because of the COVID years. That's Those are about to be over. We're, we're Now we're to the point where Guys have started their college careers after COVID, so they don't have any lingering effects of these extra years. It's like Darian White at Montana State. She was a, the freshman of the year at Montana State, and then she was an all-league player for four years. If it wasn't for her freshman year being the COVID year, 
or maybe it was her sophomore year, whatever year it was, it was her freshman year when they called off the tournament. Regardless, she just would have played four years, and that would have been it. Now, then she would have been in the WNBA or playing over in Europe, and that would have been it. She wouldn't have gone to Nebraska. So that that scenario is is over, right? Like Chris Walker is a seventh-year senior at Montana. They're starting left tackle. He, he got a, an extra year because he got hurt, but he also got another extra year because of the pandemic. That's not going to happen. We're also seeing they, they got rid of the one-time transfer rule, so then you could transfer a couple different times. Well, now we're seeing transfers getting shut down when they transfer and they apply for a waiver. Raekwon Battle from Montana State, who's now at West Virginia, he's a primary example of this. He's in a heated battle where he's petitioning the NCAA fervently. He's written a very eloquently written letter, and also uh, he's been doing some video stuff, and he's been really taking them to task. I mean, this, this has made it all the way up the chain. His story started out in West Virginia papers and then was a little bit regional. I mean, this thing hit the Washington Post and the New York Times this last week. So, you know... And I think there's an argument on both sides. I do. I think there's an argument on the, the Raekwon battle side that a lot of extraordinary circumstances led him to West Virginia. I also see the other side, though. Stay at Montana State. Finish your degree. Go to Utah State with Danny Sprinkle. But if you take the bag and you go to West Virginia and then you get turned down, I don't know. And then there's the whole mental health argument behind it. Like a lot of student-athletes have used mental health afflictions as their way to get through the NCAA waivers. I never want to say that that's a, a cop-out and or that you're not having struggles, but I also do think that a very many people have really hard times when they're in their late teenage and early 20 years, especially when you're you're moving around and you're in foreign environment. I mean, I'm from Missoula, Montana. I went to school in Missoula, Montana. I was still absolutely miserable my first year of college. Miserable. I didn't like living in the dorms. I didn't like having a roommate that I could touch from across the bed. You know, I didn't like the close proximity. It happens, man. But then you acclimate. You figure it out. Then you find your groove. And that's all, all that sort of stuff. So I, I see both sides of the coin all the way across the board. So as I already mentioned off the top, we've seen four entries to the transfer portal from Montana State football so far. Rush Reimer is an All-American offensive lineman. Omar Bedion, who's an all-conference offensive lineman. Jacob Kettles, who started second half of last year and a couple games this year because of some injuries. Uh, also, also an offensive lineman. And then earlier today, Jace Fitzgerald is a backup linebacker for the Cats. He's from Dillon. Um, in terms of Fitzgerald, I think he was kind of just swimming upstream. Like I think he was just kind of buried on the depth chart. If he matriculates his way to one of the best frontier schools in Montana, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And he'd be a really good frontier player. Or maybe a Division One transfers goes out of state, but the Fitzgeralds are so entrenched in Montana, right? Like uh, both the Fitzgerald brothers played for the 95 Grizz, and then R.J. Fitzgerald, Jason's older brother, played for the Cats. His young older sister, Brindley Fitzgerald, played Montana State basketball and then plays at Western. So there's a Montana family. So if he finds his way to a different Montana school, it won't surprise me at all. Then you got Iverson Young from the Grizz, who was a... a Highly recruited and highly touted running back out of Texas. He didn't last very long. Less than a year here in Missoula. And then Jack Kelly, probably the other headlining transfer out of the Big Sky. He was a first-team All-Big Sky linebacker there at Weber State. We also mentioned Teddy Buchanan, who was a second-team All-League linebacker from UC Davis. He's going to Cal. He's already made that decision. So what I want to do here, Andrew, is I want to go, I want to go back and forth for all the reasons you could transfer. Because I do think that sometimes... 
people buy into just the cliches. Oh, these kids don't like hard things. They're they're moving on because they think there's greener pastures everywhere. That is true sometimes, but I think that there's a whole bunch of other factors. So I'll just start with that one. Uh, A lack of playing time is a reason that somebody might transfer. What else do we got? Well... I like you said, just what the fit is, and talking right. about the off the field fit. I mean, right. we're looking at these kids, and, and Chase Fitzgerald, as you mentioned, has big Montana roots. Iverson Young's from Texas. Rush Reimers from from out of state. All the all the cats O line yeah. guys who are in the portal are from out of state. Right. And so I and I I think Coulter. I also think it's really hardly ever before we start getting into this discussion, I think it's really hardly ever just one factor that That's makes right. you transfer. That's but right. I think that this one is a big one that maybe mixes in with some other things. It's not a great fit for you, maybe as a person, maybe academically. And I also think that like, if you're a, a recruit that's, like a, that's on the Power 5 trajectory, you're going to make, you know, you're going to have all these different schools courting you. And you're going to go on all these different visits. And you have official visits and unofficial visits. And you spend so much time with the coaching staffs and at the places that you might be going. Make no mistake, even though this is you know big-time football, especially for this area of the world, guys that aren't from Montana are going on one visit to the Montana schools. Sometimes that's during the fall, during a game. Sometimes it's after the season is over. Like Montana State, for example, used to bring all of them in for two weekends because they wanted the guys to be around each other. Sometimes that would really work. Like when Daenerys McGee's class came in, he brought in this this whole group of guys, and they had eight guys from Texas. He's like, guys, let's all go here, and we'll win championships. Well, that's what happened. Well, the Grizz, like right now, the current iteration of the Grizz, they love to bring guys in during games so they can see the atmosphere. Uh, Word on the street is they just got a couple commitments this last weekend from kids from Texas that were up here for the game. Well, I always think this, though. You could come here on an official visit in January, and you you see the snow, and you see how cold it is, but you're only here for two days. You leave. And you leave. And it was fun, and it was unique, and I'd never seen snow before, and the mountains are so beautiful. And then you get here, and you're like, wait. So it's winter for eight months, and like at Montana State, we practice in the morning? I don't know if that's for me. Wait, and then you have nine months to go without any games to look forward right. to, and that's what your life is. Right. Like, I mean, Omar Benion, for example, like, I, I just almost guarantee you he's going to go back closer to home. Like, he's from Katy, right. Texas. There's, what, 13 FBS programs in Texas. He's just going to find a place that he can be closer to his family. You know, like, if Iverson Young ends up back in Texas somewhere, that's not going to surprise me at all. So th- there's that factor. Okay, that's a good one. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, Andrew Houghton chiming in. By the way, we'll take a break here in a minute, and then we'll do Keelan White here uh, on the way out. Keelan White, our Grizz Star of the Week, talked to him earlier today because the receivers can never join us post-practice because they're too busy doing extra work on the jugs, which I respect. So appreciate Keelan for calling in today. Um, Another huge reason is this coaching changes, whether that's the head coach or also just assistant coaches. Yeah, position coach. A lot of times the guy that was recruited, I mean, like, Isaiah Fonse first hit the transfer portal because he was going to go where Jimmy Buell was going to go, but then all of a sudden San Diego State didn't have a spot for Isaiah Fonse. So then he goes to San Jose State. That doesn't work. He goes to Cal. But either way, a lot of times you you follow the guy that recruited you, you follow the position coach you had, or you get a new position coach that just isn't your style, so you want to you make a move. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a huge one. I mean, especially bringing up the position coaches. That's the that's the guy you're working with, right? Really, the head coach sets the tone for the program. The position coach is who you're interacting with that's every right. day. Uh, but yeah, we're seeing a little bit of that this off season. Like you said, don't know how much the couple guys from UC Davis who have hit the portal so far are because Dan Hawkins left. I mean, like you mentioned, they're bringing in Tim Plow, who's certainly a guy who's not unfamiliar. Right. Uh, but you're you're not surprised to see that. Uh, Northern Arizona has not had a ton yet. Yeah. But maybe we'll... I mean, it's only been open for two days. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see some now that the new coach has been announced. Okay. Uh, another one I thought of is just you, you, you got a... a, a a hot resume, and you see this with receivers a lot. Xavier Gilroy last year, Samari Torre a couple of years ago, uh, Shadad James this year from Idaho State. You put up huge numbers, and like, what was Samari Torre going to do to top his 2019 season at Montana? I mean, he, he set a school record for catches in a season. He set a school record for yardage in a season. He scored like 13 touchdowns. He had a 300-yard receiving game, which broke Randy Moss's FCS record in the playoffs. Like, you can't do any more against this level of competition. And if you know that your knock from the scouts is, okay, you did that against this level, what could you do against the top level? you got to go chase the chop level. Yeah, and you're talking about this in, in, uh, in conjunction with thinking about the next level, right? right? Thinking about the NFL, uh, trying to uh, show yourself off as, as well as possible. I think that's definitely one. I wonder for, for kids like that how much of it is also just wondering yourself what you can do at the next level. I mean, Samori Torre, kid who came out of Portland, right? Good high school football there. Yep. But that's not Texas. Right. And that's not even Seattle, Right. right. Uh, and then you come to Montana, you work your way up, and you turn into, like you said, a superstar at this level. That's a guy who's never gotten the chance, really, to measure himself against the best in the country. That's right. Because of where he's from and because of where he went to school. And, and coming to Montana, of course, great fit for Samori Torre. Right. But you don't get that chance here at Montana. A guy like Cameron Scadaboo comes to mind, too. Absolutely. A lot of people want to scream and yell, oh, Cameron Scadaboo went to the portal and went to Arizona State because Troy Taylor left. Cameron Scadaboo is just a, a Pac-12 player, I mean, but he wanted the he world has to, been the whole time. He wanted to, the world to know that, like, hey, he was the big sky offensive. So that's the other thing I don't hate on these guys for. It's the same thing with Omar Bedion. He's an FBS offensive lineman. I mean, he's I the highest. He's the highest graded player in the country at his position. He's only a sophomore. Hating on this kid for wanting to go to the big leagues is not that. I mean, why wouldn't you want to bet on yourself and see how you can challenge yourself? I think it's the same thing with both the UC Davis guys, too. I think both of those guys are legit power five players. We'll see right. where Chubba Mai ends up, but uh, both of those guys are. And, and that has a lot of benefits, right? Yes. Internally, externally, culture. I think the other one we've got to talk about now as a potential reason and pot potential benefit money. That's right. So much money. There's a lot of money floating around out there, but there is a lot more money floating around at the Power Five level That's right. than there is at this level. I mean, did you see this? Did you see this the other day where the entire University of Utah football team got brand new trucks? I did not. Whole team. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't know why people hate it. I don't know. Like, I, there's a couple of Grizz guys around town driving cars. That's. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. That's great. And. People are still figuring out this market, right? And yeah. people are still figuring out what the limitations of this market can be. And so the lure of that money 
is so strong to to move up now because we're still in the initial like gold rush stage yes, of it, that's right? right? Everybody's trying to get a piece, and really, it sounds bad. I don't begrudge kids for moving for that reason either, really. Especially, yeah, to be continued, because I actually have a whole thing to say about that as well. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, our Star of the Week, next. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. Well, it's now ESPN Radio coming up. We're diving into FAU Illinois, some college hoops. It's time for our Grizz Star of the Week presented by Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. Law firm always works hard to ensure their clients get the compensation they deserve. Consultations are always free, so call anytime, 406-542-2233 to discuss your case with Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Well, time now for our Grizz Star of the Week here on Nuanas Now. It's presented by Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. We're actually doing this on a Tuesday afternoon here because our Grizz Star of the Week this week is junior wide receiver Keelan White. And so often, the receivers stay after practice pretty late working on the jugs machine. So sometimes they're still out there doing their thing before we're off the air at 6 o'clock. So, Keelan, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for doing this with me a little early. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Well, first of all, just talk about that part, just the, the extra work you guys have put in. I mean, you guys have been a great receiving core all year, and uh, you can tell the hard work's paying off. So uh, why does that mean a lot to you guys? Why, why is it you stay after practice so late working on the jugs? Yeah, you know, we we uh, we preset extra work. We've been talking about going for a national championship since the spring. So um, just to, it's just about getting that extra work in and getting better every day. Well, the expectation of Montana is to be in the mix for national championships all the time. But, you know, obviously it takes a ton of work to get there, and you got to put yourself in position. But now you guys are there. So, I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you sort of put that in perspective? What do you think of just the, the opportunity you guys have in front of you here uh, with a, a home game coming up on Friday night in the quarterfinals of the playoffs? Yeah, the opportunity is great. Um, I'm grateful. I love this team. I love that we have uh, put this thing into motion. And, you know, we just can't get complacent and – um, yeah, I just can't get complacent and got to keep going. Well, well, tell us some just about the receiver group in general. You guys have done such a good job, I think, of, of working in tandem and also 
being unselfish. So uh, just break it down for us. What have you thought of the progress of the guys around you, and how would you sort of define your guys' sort of identity as a group? Yeah, um, I love this group. We have a great group of guys in the receiver room. Um, super good chemistry. We, uh, our identity, we kind of call ourselves the Waffle House because we like to <laughs> – Waffle House is open 24-7. So we, um, we kind of took that identity in and made it our own thing. And, yeah, we, I, I love our group of guys. <laughs> I love it. The, I, when Aaron Fonts first started yelling Waffle House, I was like, I wonder what he means. And then I was like, oh, I get it. That's yeah. pretty good. So <laughs> does he yeah. take credit for coming up with that or who came up with that? Uh, we kind of all just, we were thinking of what, she, what we should call ourselves. Like back when the, co- the coaching chain switched, to real, we kind of decided all together on, a, on Waffle House. <laughs> I'm telling you, we need to get a Waffle House in Missoula or something, something that's open yeah. late night, right? We were talking about this the other day. Sometimes, yeah. like, you get done with the Grizz game late at night and you want to go get something to eat. There's nowhere to go get something to eat. We need a Waffle House in Missoula, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get these guys a little NIL money on the side, too, for the Waffle House endorsement. It's uh, Nuana's now. It's our Grizz star of the week, Keelan White, joining us here <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Um, how about last week? Uh, first of all, what did you think of playing in the snow? You're a Canadian, so you're, you're probably used to it. <laughs> well, everyone says that, but Vancouver in Vancouver, it doesn't snow a whole lot. It's That's right. More, it's kind of like Seattle it's weather, right? Rainy type, yeah, it's more rainy-type climate. But I do – I'm tired of the rain, so I definitely do like playing in the snow over over the wet because it's it's dry, and I don't like getting wet that much. But the snow, the snow is cool. I love playing in the snow. Um, it's a great atmosphere always, so, yeah. Yeah, Nick Ospo said the same thing at the press conference. He's a Portland guy, and he said, hey, you know, snow is what it is. I kind of like the snow. He said the rain is, it, it isn't where it is. He said the rain's way worse than the snow. Yeah, yeah rain, rain is not. It's not the best. Well, what would you think of your quarterback? I mean, Clifton McDowell, he's, uh, he's a Texas guy, a Houston guy, and uh, he said that was definitely one of his first snow games. So I know he threw the early pick, but then he was lights out after that. So what would you think of just the way he settled in? Yeah, he, he did a great job. He made he made some great throws in the snow. Um and uh, he held it down. He stayed calm, cool, collected, didn't panic. He was he was great. It seems like his emergence and his uh, continued improvement has been such a key for you guys. In your mind, where have you seen him improve? Um, just I see him improve. Just getting more comfortable. Uh, get more comfortable back there for sure. Just um, trusting in his in his reads, his progression, and having confidence in in um, in the rest of the team to do their job so he's definitely settled in gotten way more comfortable and he's really excelled back there and uh another guy i wanted to ask you about because yourself you had such big games this year junior bergen's had big games aaron fonts has had big games but one guy i think that's been so impressive the way he's carved out a role and i don't know if it's necessarily the role he expected when he first came here but man is he making the most of it across the board that's Sawyer Rocanelli. I mean, he throws a touchdown a couple weeks ago and uh, blocks a punt last week. So, I mean, what have you thought of his, just Sawyer's ability to find his way on the field? Yeah, I'm proud of him. He's uh, he's battled back from from injury uh, a couple springs ago. He's he's really um, worked. He's worked really hard. He had a great fall camp um, emerging through his his role in the receiver room, and uh, I'm I'm proud of him to see him get those, those opportunities. 
Good Start of the Week presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, your Montana attorneys. Keelan White joining us, a junior wide receiver for the University of Montana. Scored a 55-yard touchdown against Delaware last week. Just take us through that. I mean, he had some big plays so far this year, including that record setter against Sac State. But, I mean, what was it like scoring the touchdown on the floor? But just take us through the play. I mean, what was your progression? What, what would you? How did you find a way open? How would you get the, the long touchdown again? Oh, yeah, they were playing a little combo coverage, and uh... – it was the same. It was the same kind of thing. The way I scored against Sac State and Cliff again made a made a great throw. Um, it was hard to see. I it was hard to see in the snow. I kind of just threw my hands up there, hit me right in the hands. It was yeah, it was perfect. And then went down the sideline and scored. But yeah, it was it was a great um, effort by everybody. You guys have won eight in a row now, and you can just feel. I mean, you can feel the momentum just building, not only within your guys' team and not only within game day, but you can feel it around the community and as well. So, I mean, just talk about that part. How much does that help you guys? Just just knowing that you are on a roll and just the confidence you guys are playing with right now. Yeah, yeah confidence definitely helps a lot. But we um, we talk all the time about we how we can't um, let that let the outside noise and everything get to us. We just got to do our thing and trust our coaching and our processes and, um, yeah, go out and execute every Saturday. Friday night, under the lights, Furman in town. So uh, what's the early scout? What do you think of the Paladins? Um, they're, they're a really good team, very veteran team. I think they have, like, 40-something seniors on defense. So um, definitely up for a challenge. But we need to um, just go to work this week and prepare, 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 prepare. For more information on Missoula's most trusted law firm, visit RyanAndMiller.com. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Sam Herter, Matt Houck, Grizz Hockey, Grizz Greats. All of it. See you at 4 p.m. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.